If you're a guest with us, we're excited that you're here on this uh, Spring Forward Sunday. But I got something that I'm excited to teach y'all today. In this whole series in relationships, real relationships, we've, we've kind of been bringing it from this one verse, this one idea in Genesis 2. It says, therefore a man shall leave. Everybody say leave. leave. Say it like you mean it, leave. leave. His father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become, say, say this. Say, say it loud. They shall become one flesh, one flesh, one flesh. As sweet in a, in a wedding ceremony. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, and they, we do the candles and the sand and the different. I've done like 16. I've done, I think, 60, over 60 weddings now, and I think I've done 10 different unity things. And they all are cute. How many of y'all know that it's difficult to actually do the unity thing? Come on, talk to me in here. Jesus, take the wheel. And they were naked and unashamed. And that, by, by the way, let me say this about the naked and unashamed. That's the goal, and that's the byproduct. But that's not the norm. It's only the result of this happening. And so this is really what, what that one flesh is about. Someone say partnerships. partnerships. That we want to develop real, authentic partnerships. Now, this is my definition of partnerships is sharing and growing together. Like, this is the way that we do it. We share and we grow together. And I don't know about y'all, but growing up, I was not good at sharing. I know the whole sharing is caring thing, but I don't care. I want mines. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When I got new toys, I wasn't into my sisters getting some of my toys, especially when it was video games. Y'all remember this? Because when Nintendo came out, I'm trying to sun dun 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 because <laughs> I cannot care, listen carefully, about certain things and I'll feel real good about myself because I don't mind sharing what I don't care about. But let me get possessive of something. I'm preaching already and it's an accident. This is just supposed to get me to my point. The goal of our lives is to build successful partnerships. Now listen, I've dealt with this some in business. I've not personally had to be the one doing it, but I've, but I've had really close friends that have developed partnerships. Now, if you're really close to the person that you're partnering with, it may work well. But if you've never met the cats before, that's like an arranged marriage. And I'm just telling you, you've got to work hard for that arranged marriage to work. Why? I don't trust you. Why y'all quiet? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Especially business owners in this room should be talking to me because y'all been screwed and I know who you are. It's difficult. Why? Because I've got to fully share, watch, everything. I'm not talking about you share your toys now. I'm talking about you share your entire life. Nothing is off limits at this point. If I'm going to grow with you, I've got to share everything with you. I've got to bear my soul one to another. And, and in marriage, it's a whole different ball game, isn't it? Married people talk to me. Isn't it a whole different ball game? Can I tell you all something? This of all the things that the goal is, because the goal really is to live naked and unashamed and not literally, although in the home, praise God for that, but, but, 
but in life to live with no shame and to bear each other, to, to, to have no, everything is exposed and she knows about it. Everything is exposed and he knows about it. That's the goal, to get there. But this, to me, is one of the hardest things, if not the hardest part to get to. Because I can prioritize Leah. I can have my priorities right. I can place her in the right order and still not develop a real partnership with her. Because this is more than just friendship, y'all. And I, I call Leah lovingly best friend. But this is more than just friendship. Developing a partnership leaves no stone unturned. A, a, a healthy partnership leaves no stone unturned. So the alternative title to the message is the formula for growth or the formula for partnership. Someone say formula. 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 Okay, so when I was growing up, and even to this day, I'm naturally not very good at English. I've told y'all that story, the story of my testimony and how God called me and I, had, I struggled with reading. But math was something that came very naturally. When I take an aptitude test, I'm much more apt to be good at math than I am English. Math. Numbers just make sense to my brain. If I see numbers, I can figure it out. It just makes sense. And so as a child, I, I, just, I just got it. I just got it. I just got it. It just made sense. And then... We got to eighth grade, which back in the day, eighth grade for us, some, I think y'all can take algebra in seventh grade now, but we, we took pre-algebra in seventh and algebra in eighth grade. And all of a sudden, what made sense had letters. Huh? Who hears what I'm saying in here? I mean, it went from logic to what? Matter of fact, I didn't say this in the first of y'all getting special. Do y'all remember in school? Now, I'm not talking to the engineer in the back. I'm talking to every one of us normal people. Do y'all remember all of us normal people in the room that your teacher said, you need to learn algebra because you're going to use it? I ask this question all the time. When? <laughs> Patty, I love you. I'm not, I'm not slamming you. My sister, my sister teaches algebra too and all that mess, so praise God for her too. But I got through algebra by the skin of my teeth. Matter of fact, D means degree came from me. Come on, somebody. Huh? Because, I mean, it did not make sense. I would, I would study. How many of y'all remember? Study. And I'd go through and be like, why does X plus Y plus minus the 47 Y cover this hyphen this? I don't know. I can do 10 times 10 times 10. I can do all these multiplication tables. I can figure out what the math is, but I don't know. I don't know. And this is what I realized. This is what I realized. About a year and a half later, I had a really smart person who began to help me. And this is what they told me. So you know the problem, Mark, is you do naturally know numbers well. You're, you're gifted to understand numbers, but you haven't figured out that this isn't about numbers. This is about formula. Someone say formula. And so you can naturally have the understanding of a certain subject, but if you miss this part, You'll miss the small problems and you'll miss the big problems. But, here's what he told me. But if you can get the formula, if you can get the basic understanding, if you, can, if you can absolutely know how to operate inside the formula, as the problems get bigger, you may miss some, but you'll at least know how to attack it. Why? Because I get the formula. So even in the calculus, which is advanced algebra, I can do the math. Why? Because I figure out the formula. Well, here's the problem in our lives. Here's the problem in our lives. A lot of you grew up in church, 
A lot of you love the Lord, if not the majority of you love the Lord. And yet what you find yourself in relationships is you go, hang on a second. I love Jesus. I followed him as Lord. I'm going to church. I'm reading my Bible. And yet, and I have an understanding of God. But this don't make sense. This is A plus B equals C, and that don't make sense to me. Come on, somebody. Right? None of this makes sense. This is an equation. This is a problem that I can't figure out. Because I'm going to tell you all something. If a male or female tells me about their spouse that they figured it out, I'm going to tell them. (laughs) Okay. Right? Why? Because God made us incredibly different. So to build a partnership, there's a formula that I have to go into. Now listen, this formula is not vanilla ice back in the day. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it formula. (laughs) This is I need to let God change me. And I go into this understanding that I'm not supposed to change her ever. God is supposed to have access to constantly change me. And then as a result, Lord willing, they'll change as well. And we will build a partnership together. So I'm going to give you three things that I believe is really helpful. And I'm telling y'all, even if you're not married or never plan on getting married, I think this will help your life. If you're ready, say go. Go. Formula. This is A plus B equals C. Formula for growth. Number one, don't make decisions based on emotions. I'm telling you right now, this will help you. Do not make important decisions, or I will tell you, unimportant. What's an unimportant decision that I can base on emotion that has nothing to do with marriage but can help me? Don't buy things when you're, when you're impulsive. Why? Because you don't need it, and you're spending it. And then you look and say, I make this much money, so how do I end up with no money? Because you spend emotionally. You don't need to spend emotionally. You need to spend wisely. Why? Because God made you to live with principles. He is not a respecter of person, but he is principles. And if you break God's principles and then you get mad at God for not blessing you, watch this, listen to me, he already did. You just won't go with him. And then you'll come to God emotionally. I'm talking about me now, I'm not talking about y'all. You come to God emotionally and you say, God, (laughs) that's my prayer time. Why didn't you do this for me? And he's like, I did, but you decided to make emotional decisions on what should be wisdom. You can't make emotional decisions. And by the way, ladies, I know y'all get a bad rap for having more emotions. Let me put it mildly. Rated PG, right? I told the first service this. This is just the truth. We have a menstrual. We're moody, right? It may not have the same function that your, yours does, obviously. But I'm just telling you, you just watch. And then, this is me now. This might not be any of your men, but let me not get fed. You're not you when you're hungry. Y'all remember Snickers? We will make he-motional or she-motional decisions when it is not proper. It's not good. And I'm going to tell you the most frustrating people to deal with. And, and a lot of y'all have had to deal with it. My wife, a lot more than me. Leah is less emotional than me, which is, definitely breaks the mold. But if I make a decision, I don't care if it's big or small. Y'all, it's not about the problem. It's not about the size of the problem. It's about the formula. And if I break this formula, then I break her trust. Why? Because when we get to a big problem, if I can't handle the small problem because my emotions get in the way, why would she trust me with a big one? I'm preaching good already. Here we go. 
Ephesians 4, be angry, what's it say? And do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, which is copying Matthew 18, by the way. And don't give the devil any opportunity in my life. I read that like I wanted to because I didn't even read it. Don't give the devil, don't give, give no opportunity to the devil. Just go with what I said. But understand this, understand this. This is what I think is fascinating. Be angry. Do not sin. This does not say, can y'all see this? Don't ever get angry. Thank the Lord for that because I would be in trouble. I mean, I can get angry about anything. Why? I have emotions. I'm not saying don't be emotional. I'm saying don't let your emotions dictate your decision making. Be careful to box in what you're looking at, who you're looking at, or why you're looking at it based on when you have emotional things running through your mind. Call it what it is. Right now I'm emotional. Matter of fact, I do this. I didn't give the first service this, but I'm giving it to y'all. I, I tell Leah this. I need five minutes. Why? Because I'm in my head. And it's, it, right now I just need some me time. I did it yesterday, didn't I, Laney? I needed some time. This was me and you, not you and your mama. Or me and your mama. And I needed five minutes. Then I was good. But I need some time. Why? Because I'll make a decision that I'll regret if I don't take a minute and fix it. I'm not fixing you. I'm fixing this. I need to get my heart right. I need to pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute and get some songs in. Why? Because I'm going to pray in another language. And it ain't going to be the Holy Ghost. It's going to be hateful. Right? Now, here's what I think personally. This is just an opinion. This is what I believe about the sun going down. You say, if I'm angry today and the sun goes down, is God going to punish me? No, I don't think that's the point. I think the point is you can't let it stay. I really don't think 24 hours is the key to this. I think letting it remain in you is the problem. Why? Because anger always leads to bitterness. And when a bitter heart starts operating, you will never make a good decision with a bitter heart. I'll never make a good decision with a bitter heart. Why? Because that comes from a stony rock place. That God wants to be soft and moldable so he can change me and I'll move when he says move. So if I'm making decisions based on anger that has festered, settled, and then messes me up, I'm in trouble. Now watch this. Here's what I believe the key to understand is God does not bless my emotions. He blesses my obedience. And if I, if, if, if I constantly bring to God all the things that you're doing wrong, that I'm doing wrong, that everybody else is, and I don't just bring to God, this is my... This is, I lack understanding in this area. God, I need your help. Then I will mess things up every single day. Listen to me carefully. The last thing Paul said in Ephesians 4 right there in that verse is, don't give the devil any opportunity, but I don't need the devil's help. I do all the work myself and mess things up. Why? Because I've made emotional decisions that should be wisdom. And I'm telling you, there may be more emotional people in here up and down. I am not bipolar, I am not schizo, I don't have all those things, but I'm telling you, I have high highs and low lows, that I have to guard my heart, why? Because when I'm high, high, happy, good, I'll make happy, good decisions, but that's impulsive, and when I'm low, low, I'll make angry and hateful and hurtful, and I'll cut people down where I shouldn't, I have to be balanced and steady. I'm not saying that God wants to change your personality. I do not believe that to be the case. But he doesn't want you to make emotional decisions in what should be wisdom. And if I'm not careful, I'll bring, watch this, bring to the table, bring to a conversation. Remember, this is about partnerships. I'll bring to my partnership with Leah, bring to my partnership with my brothers, most importantly with God, 
all that I think should be happening when it should be happening. And I'll get super frustrated and angry at things not happening the way that I thought they should go. And the problem with that is unrealistic expectations are the mother of all disappointments. And when disappointment lingers, it sets into a, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. We have sick-hearted people in this room because we've operated constantly out of unrealistic expectations. We do this every single day. We do this every single day. By the way, the reason I said this about God is because I think we start and finish our days with God being unrealistic with him. And I want to pause there and then get to this. Here's what I mean by that. Does that mean that God can't? It, there's nothing that God can't do. Nothing. There, it is impossible for us to dream big enough. It is impossible for us to have enough understanding of imagination of what God could do if we ever submitted ourselves fully to him. The problem is, I like to put God on my timeline. I like to begin to believe, God, I believe you said you were going to do this, which I have things that I've shared with y'all. We're going to reach 1% of Greenville and Spartanburg County. If we don't reach it by 2025, am I going to get mad at him? God, I busted my rear end. What if that word was for my children and your children and not for us and we were the setup? I don't get to know that. I know in part. So we prophesy in part, but we don't get to decide exactly when, where, and how much God, unless he tells us, and that's rare. That's what we do is we hear something, we stand on a word from God, and then all of a sudden we begin to dictate in our minds a box that God has to operate in. And all of a sudden when he doesn't operate in that, because, by the way, if the Lord can hold the universe in the span of his hand, <laughs> my little box ain't going to hold him. And so when I begin to operate my understanding with God having to operate in this mind, which is not very much, the wisest person to ever live can't scratch the surface on the understanding of God. And so I will begin to bring God my unrealistic expectations, frustrations, if you will, in prayer time when I'm supposed to be rejoicing, blessing his name, and then, by the way, the purpose of prayer, getting on God's page, not asking him to get on my page. But I don't do that, watch, if I'm operating in emotion. And so in this formula, when I'm building a partnership first with the Lord Jesus and his Holy Spirit in me, by the way, he lives in you if you're a follower of Jesus, it'd be great to cooperate with him. <clears throat> but no matter how much you, Bible you read, how many of y'all know it's difficult if you're emotional? And by the way, I think God loves our emotions. I think he built us as emotional creatures. He loves when we magnify the Lord and when we get emotional because he moves us. But we should always make sure. The Lord did not give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Clear-headedness, which is the opposite of up and down emotions. It's clear-headed that God gave us his spirit. And so I have to submit myself. Otherwise, I'm going to be quick on this, but otherwise, what we do in our marriages, in our relationships, we'll continue to do and we'll be frustrated with them for not meeting our expectations that watch this. There's no way they can meet. Why? Because half of them are unspoken. Are y'all with me? We don't even tell them what we think they should be doing. We just expect them to do it. And when they don't live up to what we expect them to do that are unrealistic and oftentimes unspoken, we get mad, we get frustrated, we get bitter, and we sit by ourselves and pout. And I just, I don't know about y'all, but it doesn't work. We get frustrated and we go, I understand the basic principles of math, but this formula, I don't get. And I'm frustrated and I need a tutor. And the tutor that I need is the Lord. 
I just need to listen for a second and not tell him what to do. Because here's the truth. When unrealistic expectations linger and when anger sticks around, that's what happens and that's what leads to emotional meltdowns. The reason we've seen people in our lives that we are totally shocked they end in, in separation and in, in breaking apart is because one of the parties at least has made emotional decisions when it should be from wisdom. Number two, build your life together. Someone say share. Share. you got to share everything, including dreams. Now watch. In my life, I'm the dreamer. That does not mean that Leah doesn't dream. Leah has tons of dreams. I just like to share them. Why? Because God's gifted me to share. And I understand dreams. He just gives them to me. And so here's what's natural in the Pangle home. I naturally share my dreams with Leah, and she naturally keeps her dreams from me, which means if we're not careful, we'll build my dreams. Did you hear what I said? I did not say that this shared dream should be build the husband's dream, did I? It should be our dreams together, which means it's my responsibility to find out if she's not giving it to me because I do all the talking about dreams and when she begins to share her vision, her dreams, her goals, and we're, we're molding them together, this is becoming one. They have to be mixed so that they can be pure. All of a sudden, I start looking and say, oh, so you're trying to steal my thunder? Come on. Oh, so you're trying to take the video game controller from me, Leah? <laughs> I see how it is. Right? And I know it's silly, but it's life. Because there are rare exceptions, and some of y'all in the room may be the rare exceptions, where you just have always shared dreams together, but the reality is one of you feels slighted most likely. Because one of you feel like it's about his dream or about her dream, and the other dream doesn't matter. And can I tell y'all something? This is free. We act out really poorly when we feel slighted. We'll get attention from somebody. And we wonder how in the world we could let our hearts get that far off, but the reality is they've been getting that far off since you said I do. And they said, I don't. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And if inside of you, can I tell you all, this is who has a dream. This is who has unbelievable gifting. Every single person with eyeballs looking at me right now. I don't care if you have eyeballs. If you have breath in your lungs, you still have God-given, unbelievable anointing on your life. He made you in his image, and he has put purpose inside of you. The job of the Pangle household is not to get marked to his purpose, but to get to us, for us to get, and then to, to train up children in the way they should go so that when they're married, they and, and, and when our grandchildren, and then on and on and on. It is not about Mark. And if it is, I'm doing it wrong. And I'll get mad. Can I tell you all this all the way in? I'll get mad that she's not focusing enough on my dream when it better be our dream or we're done. We're done. Because here, here's what I call two different dreams not blending together. Separate agendas. Someone say separate. separate. Can I show you what's the problem with separate agendas? Separate agendas lead to separated homes. I don't, I honestly don't believe, with the exception of maybe a few, there's very many homes that have ever separated that didn't have separate agendas. It just leads to it. It's really hard to dream together and break apart. It's really hard. How do we dream together? Well, I'm glad you asked. Psalm 139, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. If you want a chapter to understand God, 
and what he is to us, how he operates with us. I left off some of the beginning verses that I love so much. He goes before me and is behind me and his hand is on my head. He hymns me in, verse 5. And then it says, where should, how, where should I go from your spirit? Remember, the Holy Spirit is who we're partnering with. Where should I go? Or where shall I flee from your presence if I ascend to the heavens? If I go all the way to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, which is the grave, you're there. If, if I take wings on the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness. Everybody say darkness. I'm going to teach you all on that in a minute. It's amazing. It, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light shall be, me, be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day. The darkness is as light within you. Listen, here's what I thought was cool when I studied it because I always just was assuming that this is dark and this is light. But darkness just means in the Hebrew ignorance. Just means ignorance, a lack of understanding, which is, listen, I don't care how smart you are, educated you are, there's nobody in the room that doesn't operate in ignorance when it comes to the Lord. Why do I, why do I say that? He knows everything. There's, there's no way the smartest person on planet earth is ignorant at the day that they die in comparison to God, right? Everybody could say right, right, because hopefully you agree with that. If not, we'll, we do a pride message next week, right? And so in my life, watch, watch. In my life when I'm telling God all the things that this person or that person should be doing, I've noticed this about God. He doesn't really want to bring those things up. He's not really interested in all my belly aching. By the way, I'm not saying you shouldn't cast your cares on Jesus because the Bible says we should. He cares for you. That all of our cares should go on him. But I'm getting on his page, not the other way around. And the goal is to listen to God and operate with him in a partnership with the Holy Spirit leading my heart, cooperating. And so what David is saying here in this amazing psalm is there's not a place on planet earth you can go from him. Now listen, listen, that doesn't mean you'll always hear him with clarity. Why? Because sometimes God is silent. But he's still leading you. Even there, his hand will guide you. And when you get frustrated with unrealistic expectations saying, God, you should speak to me clearly every single day. I should be able to know exactly. I should know this. God doesn't speak this exact words. He doesn't speak audibly to me. But I feel like what he would say is, Mark, I've already given you the formula. Follow me. Submit your heart. And if you don't know what to do, wait. Which doesn't mean don't move. It just means don't make a decision. Why? Because when I'm waiting and I'm frustrated and my emotions start playing, I'll make a bad decision that's not a God decision. So just pause. I should wait for agreement. I should wait. I should wait. I should pause. I should listen. And this to me is maybe the most helpful thing that God's shown me. This is personal. And I've shared this with a couple people. And I might have shared this months and months ago, but I think it fits so well right here. I think it fits so well right here. I just honestly have struggles. This is not like a, the, we need Jordan up here to play and I'm going to admit something. It's not that. I just really do. I mean, I honestly struggle. And it makes me so embarrassed. I get mad. And I say, God, I literally know the word. I mean, I really know it. And I know what to do. 
And yet I find myself going back to the thing that I hate so much or the things that I hate so much. I find myself, I find myself only feeling comfort with addictive things, not with godly things. And I go, yeah, but I can preach this. And I know exactly the answer to do. And even there, his hand will guide me. And I'm troubled in my heart because I say, God, I'm going to get up in front of people that I deeply love and I'm going to preach. What do I do? Because I don't know if y'all can be real in here or not, but some of the godliest people, quote unquote, that I've ever heard speak are the ones with the deepest struggles. And I, can, I could tell you why I think that's the case from a, a tax standpoint, but at the end of the day, I'm still making the decisions whether or not I'll succumb to those temptations. And this is what I've learned to do. Remember, this is about partnerships. I've learned to just invite the Lord into my problems. Just invite him in. I've learned to just say, God... I can feel this temptation rising up, and I really hate it. I mean, it embarrasses me. I can feel this difficulty coming up. I can feel this emotional, unbalanced person coming out. I can feel, and what I'm trying to fill in the blanks for whatever it might be with you. And instead of me trying to do it alone, or watch this, asking for forgiveness because I know I'm going to fall. Realizing that as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, and for a second I'm talking to just Christians in the room, but stay with me if you don't know him. I just realized that he's built me to have partnership, so instead of being embarrassed, listen, and living in darkness, in ignorance, thinking that my blindness or my coping mechanisms, excuse me one more time, my coping mechanisms will help me through. I just say, Holy Spirit, you're living in me anyway. I'm inviting you into this fill in the blank. I've learned this. It doesn't make me perfect by any stretch. I'll give you an example. I've got this rare balance of really not caring and being bold and being able to say whatever, and then people really close to me having the ability to really hurt me because I care what they think. So in other words, I don't care what the public thinks, really. And that's mostly a good thing. <laughs> it can be detrimental. But then the people that I've invited in one layer... I really care. And when they hurt me, I obsess over it. I call it real paranoia that I, that I can struggle through. That I'll just think and think and think and think and think. And I'll, and I'll constantly bring back up. And y'all, I'm not talking about stuff that happened last week only. I'm talking about the stuff. I have a memory that is a gift that becomes a curse in this exact situation. To the point that even in my prayer time, and I'm, I'm, I'm diligent, but even in my prayer time, as I get to these certain people, I will either skip over their name or ask the Lord to change them. It happened to me this past week. And I got to them and I literally said out loud, because I, I believe you should pray out loud all the time. There's power of life and death is in your tongue, not in your mind. So say it. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I don't want to pray about this person. They said this about me, they did this, they did this. And the Lord, 
He does not speak to me audibly, but there is a lot of clarity in his word to my heart. Maybe you should worry about you, Mark. Who you talking to? And so I did, and I've realized this. Every time that I submit my heart truly and invite him into those struggles, he gives me a different perspective. Every time, y'all. I'm not talking about some of the time. I'm talking about every single time. Because I've learned, and maybe this isn't the case with you, but I've learned that I really have a hard time putting myself in someone else's shoes until I can see them through God's eyes. Even if I know the situation, I'll still make excuses of why they should be operating better and operate in unrealistic expectations and build this system of what they should be doing, not how God wants to change me. And all this really boils down to this. I, I put all my energy building a partnership on trying to change Leah, and I'm doing it wrong because that's just math. That's not algebra. And the formula to fix, the formula to change is God wanting me to always say, God, this is your world, this is your life, and this is your temple. You're welcome. Enter in. And I believe we should do the same thing with our spouse. You're like, hang on, Mark. Hang on. If it's this, we can't let them know. Whatever this is, is the start of your fix. Did you hear what I said? If you'll get the this written down, then you can understand where to start attacking. Because here's what Satan wants for your life. Just darkness, just ignorance, just, just covering, just the, just the idea that you need to not be naked and unashamed with each other. And more importantly, with God. Just like Adam and Eve did by covering themselves in fig leaves, they said, oh crud, we're naked and we need to cover ourselves and, and not be exposed to the Lord anymore. But God wants all of you. And by the way, he created you. He knows every hair on your head, so why not let him into the equation? He knows it anyway. I'm fooling myself when I think I can hide it from God. And I'm hurting myself when I want to hide it from Leah. Why? Because she might punish me. She might take it out on me. She might not be right. But if I'm really going to build, listen, if I'm really going to build a marriage that lasts, really build a partnership that lasts, she's got to be invited into all of my struggles and vice versa. All of the problems I have, all of the issues. Otherwise, I'm operating in darkness. You say, how much of all do you mean? All, all. Everything. 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 I'm talking about when the text message that, that you've, erased and the searches that you've deleted I know I'm meddling but I'm telling you we're either going to have godly marriages or we're going to be fake and I'm just telling you I, I don't think I'm old but I'm too old to care about being fake anymore I, I don't care if on your Instagram page your marriage looks great or your relationships look great we can fake it till we make it but we're never going to get there there's no it, there's no making it we're either real or we're dying. And there's no other formula, y'all. That's why some of the people that I've known that have the most knowledge have had the most miserable lives because they've tried to make themselves look good and they've been dying on the inside. It does not work. It does not work. And the last one is 
the most important one, in my opinion, you got to grow together. Someone say grow together. Say it loud. Say grow together. It's a partnership. Here's what I mean by pray, by the way. This isn't in my verse that I'm sharing with you. But if you don't pray over your spouse out loud, I'm not saying you have to do it every day. I'm saying if you never do it, you're doing it wrong. Matter of fact, even this morning, Shannon shared something with me that was personal about one of our family members, one of our team members. And instead of saying this, because this is what we say, oh, I'm going to pray for him, or we just prayed right then and there out loud. Why? Why not? Like, that's my question. Twice this week, y'all, in, in conversations with friends, twice. And this is only one week. I felt the Holy Spirit of God stop me in my tracks. I was about to say, love you, man, have a great day, or whatever I'm going to end the conversation with. And in my tracks, the Lord said, pray for him right now. And can I tell y'all something? If this is a struggle for y'all, welcome to the jungle. Because I, I give excuse to God. He's busy. I'm busy. We're in a hurry. Let's get off. And I stop my emotional bad decision-making ability that I have that I'm real good at. I just stop trying to talk myself out of stuff and just say, would I naturally just want to pray with Kat at the end of this message? Nope. So this is you. So let's do it. It takes 30 seconds to a minute. If you're praying longer than that... <laughs> Woo, God bless you, right? And sometimes there does need to be extended prayers, but sometimes just pray for them out loud instead of saying the same old crap. I'm going, and it's not crap. It's just not always true, is it? I'm going to pray for you, but then we forget. I promise you this is how you don't forget. Pray for them right then. And if your wife, guys, tells you she's struggling with something, instead of trying to fix her, why don't you pray out loud that the Holy Spirit of God would do the work? That a healing anointing, that, that peace that passes all understanding, that whatever it is, because God will bring the words to you. You don't have to have the words. But no matter how much Bible I can give you, and by the way, I love the Word of God, and I'm not discounting it. What I'm saying is information does not change you. Impartation is what changes you. The kingdom is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that only comes when God changes me. As a matter of fact, that leads me straight into this. That Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against those things. There is no law. And so the goal, can we just settle this? The goal is to love each other. Is that okay? And it's this love. It's agape love. I got it on my arm five years ago. I want to love Leah unconditionally. Unconditional love. Like that's the end goal that we can have the peace of God and we can have the joy of the Holy Spirit and that we can, that we can operate with, with kindness and faithfulness and that all of these things is what I want to do. So watch this. This is just what I believe. And y'all can take it for what it's worth, but I bet you if you can evaluate your own life, you could say you agree with me. That this is what we want, but it feels like algebra. Because what, when I look at my life, and I'm supposed to have peace. I have unsettledness in my heart, and I don't understand why. And I, when I want patience, let me tell you all about Mark. This ain't patient. I'm honking the horn at red lights, impatient. That's the word, but just go with it. Like, that's not natural. Help. This is free. It, it'll change your life. The fruit of the Spirit is not what you naturally have. You can love somebody. With brotherly love, you can love someone with erotic love, but you can't love someone with godly love until God does the work. Why? 
because fruit is born out of intimacy. And the fact that these are the fruit of the Spirit, that this, this is the byproduct of what we are, which eventually becomes naked and unashamed. It's only born out of intimacy. My children were born out of intimacy. They're the fruit of intimacy. And godly love is the same thing. That in this partnership, me and the Holy Spirit, the most important thing is that I submit my soul, my will to Him daily, not what I bring to the table in my prayer time. That I humble myself before God's mighty hand that He can exalt me. That I submit myself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from me. That I, don't, that I don't tell God like it is or tell God what it should be, but I simply say, God, I need you. Why? Because I'm desperate for you. Because I'm messing this thing up so bad. One thing that the Lord keeps reminding me of over and over in my prayer time, when I'm having these big prayers and bold prayers, and by the way, I think that's so awesome. I think God wants you to pray boldly. He wants you to dream big. But it's amazing. I'm talking about, y'all, within the last three weeks, not months and months. How many times the Lord has spoken, just whispering in my spirit, just don't forget your first love. Just don't forget the love you had at first. Just don't, don't get so bogged down that you forget the love that you had for me at first. That's the danger, y'all. The danger zone of building partnerships is that we get so caught up building the dream that we forget to enjoy each other in the journey. And then we constantly operate in unrealistic expectations because we're not quite there yet. And we're not quite there yet. And we're not quite there yet. And I just got this sneaky, just sneaky feeling that God gives us dreams bigger than seem possible so that we always realize I can't do this without you, nor do I want to. Now, I don't think that any of you have to get married to accomplish what God's put in you, but I do believe a lot of us are supposed to get married to do it better because our lives are supposed to be better together. But I will never love Leah like Jesus designed for me to love her unless I love him first, unless I don't forsake the love that I had at first, unless unless every time that I pray, I don't remind him of what I'm not or what I am, and I just remember who he's called me to be. And most importantly, who he is in me. Now, I wanna close a little different, okay? This song is the perfect setup for the close of my message, and I'm done. I'm not gonna preach anymore. But as Brian is leading us in Holy Wedding Day, and they can come on up, as Brian's leading us in this Holy Wedding Day song, I want you to worship, to sing, to be a part. And while you're doing all of that, consider you and God. Consider you and God. Simple as that. Consider you and Him. Because the Bible says that I'm the bride of Christ, you're the bride of Christ, and He's the bridegroom. And the Bible can be simplified into a lot more simple terms than we give it. It's about a wedding and then a walk. It's about a day that we realize we need to trust Jesus and then just like my wife walked down the aisle, we realized that Jesus is there waiting on us and he wants to marry us and build a partnership with us in love. You can try as hard as you can and work as hard as you can, but until you get the formula, you'll always be frustrated. 
you'll always have unrealistic expectations and you'll always want to throw your hands up. But when you realize it's about Jesus, he changes everything.